I have a house under contract and I'm closing in two weeks. I heard the weather report today and it says that there is a tornado warning for today and tomorrow. What happens if the house I'm going to buy gets hit by a tornado or is damaged before closing? Can I terminate the contract or do I have to buy the house? I also have an MLS sheet that my realtor gave me and it says the house is 1,500 square feet. However, the appraisal says it's only 1,450 square feet. Isn't the MLS sheet supposed to be accurate? Whose responsibility is it to make sure that the data being advertised is actually accurate? Also, I just had a final walkthrough on my new home and it's dirty. I mean, really dirty. Shouldn't the house be cleaned by the seller? Isn't that in the contract? These are the questions that I want to ask today and that we're going to answer today as we finish looking at the Arkansas real estate contract. I'm Eric Hutchinson and I'm the principal broker and owner of Hutchinson Realty. Welcome to episode 15 of Real Estate Talk for Northwest Arkansas. I have my executive broker, Sandy, with me. So, hey, Sandy, welcome. How are you doing today? Very good and grateful to be inside. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gotten, a little hot out. It is. It's yeah. hot. Of course, we're in the middle of July and it's been a month since we've had this. And I, be honest with you, I've actually missed it a little bit. Right. Uh, and Cole's not able to join us today, but we sure miss him and we miss uh, having our little weekly talk that we have. So um, we had a 4th of July parade here at Hutchinson Realty. I say Hutchinson Realty because we're in this little strip mall in Bella Vista. And every year they have a parade. And I almost hesitate to call it a parade because it literally is in our parking lot. And uh, But the parking lot is quite large. And I'm always surprised at how many people show up for that parade, you know? Mm-hmm, absolutely. This was actually the first year that I was able to participate in the parade. I'm always gone. I'm always on vacation when we do it. But this year I was here and it was so nice to see so many people lined up. And, you know, you say you hesitate to say it was a parade. It's a parade. There were floats and there were people and people throwing candy and there was music. It was a parade. So I was throwing candy and I'm amazed at how many children, I guess, you know, the parents bring their kids out and it's free entertainment and they get candy. Of course, that's a up and a down <laughs> because, uh, you know, the kids get uh, hyped up on sugar, but it's fun. And I actually had some extra bags. And after the parade was over, I came back in the office and I, I got a couple bags and there were still some kids and parents out there. And I said, Hey, I was like, does anybody want a whole bag of candy? And the kids were like, yes, yes, yes. yes. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was good. Yeah. But yeah, the temperatures are hot and we're a uh, full swing into uh, the summer. Which uh, brings me to our weather report, our um, uh, real estate weather report. You know, one of the the things that I get asked the most, Sandy, when I go into the grocery store, whatever, is like, what's the real estate market like? What's going on? How many houses are for sale? And so I kind of like to go over that. And usually Cole gives that, but I'm going to go over that right now with you guys. So if you're listening today, kind of here's what's going on in Northwest Arkansas. So Northwest Arkansas can be encompassed in Washington and Benton counties. And typically that's what we refer to to, as Northwest Arkansas as those two counties. And right now there are, as of this morning, and today is July 18th, there are 1,587 houses for sale. Now, sounds like a lot, but when you're talking about a half a million people that live in Northwest Arkansas, that's not a lot of houses. And, but we have seen an increase in our 
inventories just barely. Last time we met about a month ago, there were 1,529 houses for sale. And so we had a 58 house increase, but uh, not uh, our, you know, we would like to see our inventories increase even more, giving buyers more options, but that's not really happening. So I'm going to go over the six largest towns. And when I say the six largest towns, I mean, these are towns that go right down the Interstate 49 corridor, and they are the largest towns. So we start in Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville, Centerton, and Bella Vista. Those are our six largest towns in Northwest Arkansas. And so we're going to focus on those for a little bit. And so let me go over kind of how many houses are for sale in those six towns. We'll start in Fayetteville. So right now there are 203 houses for sale in Fayetteville. The median list price is $465,000 at $205 per square foot. I want to emphasize again that these are active listings, not sold listings. These are houses that are currently for sale. If you move North to Springdale, there's 147 houses for sale, and the median uh, list price is $471,252 at $196 per square foot. And in Rogers, there's 159 houses for sale, a median list price of $539,999, which there's not very much affordable housing in Rogers. Whenever you're talking about the median list price is $539,000, that just still blows me away. I went to Rogers High School, and I still can't believe that that's the median list price in Rogers. But the median list price per square foot is $215 per square foot. In Bentonville, uh, there are 194 houses for sale, and the median list price is $555,000. Again, high, not much affordable housing in Bentonville at $216 per square foot. And uh, if you go to Centerton, uh, lots of new construction in Centerton. There's 105 houses for sale at a median list price of $450,000 at $205 per square foot. And Sandy, there are 81 new construction houses in Centerton and only 24 resale homes. That just still blows me it's away. crazy. Yeah, that there's yeah. that many new construction houses versus resale homes. Uh, Centerton, though, is about our, uh, that in Bella Vista is our best bang for dollar. I mean, if you want to call it affordable housing, Roush Coleman Homes is there. They build a new house, but they build it in such a way, lots of what we call cookie cutter houses. They build the spec home over and over again, and so their cost is down. Kind of like when Walmart goes and buys things in bulk. That's kind of how Roush Coleman Homes goes. Good houses, they're just not the high-end houses. And so you can right. uh, afford it a little bit better. In Bella Vista, there are 176 houses. Now, yesterday, there were uh, almost 180. And so it, every day, the inventories go up and down. But 176 today at a median list price of 409950 at $200 per square foot. And in Bella Vista, there are 98 new construction houses and 78 resale homes. So not a quite a 50-50 split. I mean, the, there's still more new construction than there are resale homes. So it's just kind of interesting as we look at each town. And, you know, in Rogers, there's not as much new construction. Uh, there's more resale there. But in Bella Vista and Centerton, lots of new construction housing. So I'm going to look at all six towns just briefly. So uh, all six towns, if you look at from Fayetteville to Bella Vista, there's 984 houses for sale. The median list price is $475,000 and the median list price per square foot is 205. So now keep in mind that includes new construction and resale homes. In fact, there are 397 new construction houses and there are 587 resale homes. So 40% 
of the houses that are currently for sale are new construction. Wow. So just it's just kind of interesting to see those statistics. So you're, uh, you know, when you go look at houses, if you can afford one, you're going to be looking at a lot of new construction houses, which I guess is good for the buyer, but you're going to pay top dollar for it. Right. That's right. Definitely influencing the pricing. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So Sandy, tell us a little bit about interest rates. I know that um, that has been fluctuating all year long, almost on a daily basis. So uh, what's going on with our interest rates today? Well, I checked with the local lenders website this morning, and here's what we're looking at. A conventional 30-year fixed is available at 7.375%. That is an increase from last week. Conventional 15-year fixed is available at 6.625%. So if you can get yourself into maybe a 15-year versus 30-year, that's going to save you. It's going to save you some money. FHA 30-year fixed is 6.875%, and a VA 30-year fixed is also 6.875%. Of course, there are other things that are going to... Um, influence that rate and that's the purchase price uh, loan amount um, loan to value uh, ratios um, credit scores etc but these are general guidelines so it, it always is interesting to me that the government loans are usually less uh, interest rate than the conventional loan right. so even if you even if you don't need to go government loan, that may be a way to go. I mean, you can pay more down and not have to pay mortgage insurance premium. Right. And you could still go a government. If you're a veteran, especially a veteran, you could get a VA loan and you can put down as much money as you want to, but you still get a better interest rate. Right. So I know. So anyway, that's just something to consider. You, of course, always want to check with your local lender and and uh, see what's going on with the interest rates because they, they do change daily. So we're going to get into our topics. I'm sorry, Sandy, do you have something you want to say? No, I was just going to say a little reminder to shop around for your interest rate. Um, just because you bank at a certain bank doesn't mean that you have to get a loan there. And they may be your best interest rate, but it's worth it to get two or three opinions. So Yeah, and some of their fees are negotiable. Right. And so what I always recommend buyers, information's free. So just go and call two or three lenders and you might even check the internet. So I don't usually recommend using Rocket Mortgage or Quicken Loans because the reason for that is because they are internet and sometimes there's hidden fees and they say, yeah, we can give you this interest rate. And you're like, great. And then when you get into it, you realize there's more fees or whatever. And sometimes they don't know the local uh, rules and regulations and laws right. and stuff that, that affect the housing market. And so sometimes it causes more problems than it helps, even though you're saving yourself a little money, but it's good leverage for you. So right. I can go yes. to Arvest or go to Signature Bank or First Western or, you know, one of the banks here locally and say, hey, I was on Rocket Mortgage and they're going to give me this kind of interest rate. Can you guys match that? Right. So you can negotiate it a little bit. Yeah, it's totally worth it to do that. And just as a as a note, years ago when when all of this first started happening with the online mortgage, I had a very young buyer who used Quicken Loans for his mortgage. And I begged him to use someone local. Please, please use someone local. But he was insistent and he used them. And it was a success story. So it can be a positive experience, but... Really, we love having somebody local that you can get in touch with if there is a 
flaw. It's nice to be able to go knock on someone's door yes. and, you know, literally <laughs> yeah. talk to someone that you can walk into their office, see them, look them in the eye and say, hey, what is this fee that you're charging me? Sometimes when you call those 1-800 numbers or you call them, you don't even get the same person that you right. talked to before. Absolutely. Yes. So. Yeah. So I would uh, encourage you to to get the information and maybe use that as leverage. But here's the downside. If you use a internet lender and that lender says, yeah, we can close on July 30th. And you're like, great. And you write a contract, the seller accepts it. And then the seller gets a backup offer hmm. and it maybe it's more than your offer was. And then July 30th rolls around and your internet lender says, you know what? It's, we can't close on the 30th. We need to close on August 5th or whatever. And then you have to do an addendum to extend that contract. And if there's a backup offer, the seller has the option to now take the backup offer because now you're out of contract because it's going to close afterwards and you could actually lose the house. And that would be a tragic thing. Yes. Yes, it would. Absolutely. Yep. So let's, uh, let's get into our topics a little bit. I threw quite a few scenarios out there, and so uh, we want to go through this. We've been working our way through the Arkansas real estate contract, uh, and I know that if you're listening to this, you don't know where we are on that, but we're getting down to the last couple pages of the real estate contract, and there's some paragraphs there. I was talking to Sandy about this before we started the podcast, that we send these contracts out for the buyer to sign and we do digital signatures now and the temptation is for that that buyer to just think oh well I trust my realtor and I'm just going to I'm just going to sign this and we see those digital signatures come back really fast like within 5 10 minutes and there's no way that they could read 15 pages in that a time and understand it. And so it's really important that you understand what this contract says. And I know this isn't exciting stuff for some people, but if you're listening to this and you're thinking about buying a home, or even if you're a seller and you're thinking about selling your home, you kind of need to know what these paragraphs say and what your rights are according to these paragraphs. So we're going to talk about the first paragraph I want to talk about is paragraph 25 on the real estate contract. It's on page 13. And I call this the act of God uh, <laughs> paragraph, which is a little bit funny. But think when you think about it and you say, oh, well, that just was an act of God. Usually you think of some kind of tornado, earthquake, hurricane, or something tragic like that. Now, Sandy, I don't know if you've ever had this happen or not, but I do know that you had a listing because I remember this listing that the house had burned to the ground and the people either rebuilt the house, but they wanted to sell the house, but but literally the foundation was the previous house. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. They had, um, basically it was sold as a lot with a foundation on it. And so that's, yeah. So the house did burn down. Yeah. Now they had no intention of selling before. Let's put that out there. That was not part of their uh, MO, that's not what they wanted. But once the house burned, um, yeah, we sold it as a lot right. with a foundation. So, so. sometimes the uh, that may happen and the house is not currently for sale and the build and the buyer, I'm sorry, I can't get my terms right. The seller says, you know, um, my house is burned down. I think I'm just going to buy a house, mm-hmm. another house, and mm-hmm. then sell this as a lot. Or they could take the insurance money 
and either rebuild the house or buy another house, but they get insurance money usually if the house is insured. Right. So they're going to get that. So there's some options for the seller, but let's say the house is under contract and, the, mm -hmm. and I've got a buyer and he's really excited. And then the worst thing possible happens. You know, uh, we're in Northwest Arkansas. We do, we don't have as many tornadoes as Oklahoma and Kansas, but we do have tornadoes and something could happen or the house could burn down. And so one of those things happen. What in the world um, do you do if that does happen? Well, First of all, let me say, we, I, I had a tree fall in my home four years ago when we had 70-mile-an-hour straight-line winds come through. So we don't have that many tornadoes, but there are things that happen that are catastrophic to homes here. So um, if my house had been listed during that time frame and that, how, that tree had fallen into the, the home... The buyer has recourse in that instance, okay? The buyer can enter into a separate agreement, and it has to be written by an attorney, uh, whereby it says that the seller is going to restore the property back to the condition it was in when the buyer and seller signed the real estate contract. That's perfectly acceptable. Um, the buyer can accept insurance proceeds and um, that the seller would receive, from that claim of the damage, or the buyer can terminate the contract altogether and just go, no, this is not what we were, you know, we need to move in in the next 30 days and repairs are going to take longer or whatever. And they can actually terminate the contract. And if they've put up earnest money, they can recover that. Right. So they have options. So the takeaway is that they have options and yes. that they don't have to buy this defective house now that there's a tree through the living room or the house Correct. is burned down or a tornado has destroyed something. So the, it, this paragraph basically says you've got options. And number one, if you just decide you don't want the house for whatever reason now that it's destroyed or, or damaged, you can say, you know, I'm going to terminate this deal and you can back out of it. But right. you may want to look at what the insurance claim is and that may be a better deal, you may get a newer house as a result of right. that. And so that may be an option that you want to pursue. But the, the main takeaway here is that you actually have some options if um, something happens, an act of God, something happens, whether it's weather, whether it's uh, it burned down or it was an accident, something happened to the property after you wrote the contract. Now, and it's really you need to be clear that it, it has to be after you've signed the contract or it has to be, you know, not damage that happened before that, but after right. that time period. And the property needs to be restored to the condition that it was in whenever you signed the contract. Right. So yep. let's uh, move down to another paragraph. There's several other little paragraphs there that I'm not going to cover, but number 28 is kind of a big one. It's called merger clause. And the reason why it's big is it basically says that these 15 pages that you are about to sign as a buyer and a seller encompass the entire agreement that is between you and the other party. So if you are the buyer and you want something, you need to put it in writing. It's so important. So you may be walking through the house and the seller goes, yeah, I'm just going to leave the refrigerator for whoever buys the house. And you go, oh, well, he said that. Okay, great. And you don't put it in the contract. That 
seller could just take the refrigerator with him, even though he had said he was going to leave it. That's a verbal. And if it ever went to court, you it's only those things that are in writing that can be upheld. So it's really important that you put all things in writing. But let's move down to 29. And Sandy, why don't you... Uh, so I'm going to have Sandy read item number 29 here. It's it's a little bit of a long paragraph, but it's so important, and it's one that buyers really miss. And to avoid them missing it, the Arkansas Realtor Association, whenever they created this contract or this page, they put in all caps. Now, if you are a person who likes to text, which most people do, you know that if you use all caps that that usually means the person is yelling at you. So they've got all caps, and it's also bolded in bolder print than the rest of the contract. And so they are screaming, please read this and understand it. So Sandy, I'm going to let you read that and then give us your take on that. Sure, absolutely. I want to point out, too, that all of our contracts that we use are written by an Arkansas licensed attorney and so these are these are forms that you do need to read and pay attention to prior to uh, entering into the contract but here is paragraph 29 a says that the buyer certifies that the buyer will personally inspect or have a representative inspect the property as fully as desired prior to closing yep Buyer certifies that the buyer has not and will not rely on any warranties, representations, or statements of the seller, the listing firm, the selling firm, or any agent, independent contractor, or employee associated with those entities, or information from multiple listing services or other websites regarding mineral rights the year it was built, the size, including without limitation, the square feet and improvements located on the property, quality, value, or condition of the property, including without limitation, all improvements, appliances, plumbing, electrical, or mechanical systems. However, the buyer may rely upon any written disclosures provided by the seller. So let's stop there because okay. that's a big, that's a that's big, a lot. that's a lot, big mouthful there. So yeah. what's your interpretation of that? My interpretation is that if you are a buyer, you better do everything that, like it says, to your heart's content, just you do everything that you can to inspect that property and make sure that it is 100% what you understand it to be. But Sandy, my realtor gave me an MLS sheet that says the house has got 1,500 square feet and it was built in 1996. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that the truth? Information is deemed reliable, but not guaranteed. And it says that on our MLS. You know, we do our best. Like when I, as a listing agent, when I list a home, I do my very best to be accurate in the representation of that home. But I'm going to tell you, where did you get your square footage from the courthouse? Did you measure it yourself? I personally did not. No. Some agents will, and it's going to say that. Like, you have those, you know, written out for you. But as a buyer, if that difference in 50 square feet is going to make a difference for you, then you need to verify that independently. Absolutely. Period. 
Absolutely. So if you're a buyer listening to this and maybe you have a house under contract or maybe you're about to make an offer on a contract, know that the monkey, we always say, you know, the monkey on my back, the monkey is squarely on you, the buyer, the purchaser's back. And it is your responsibility to research that property as much as you want as much as you need to, to determine if all of these things that you think are true are actually true. And sometimes representing a buyer, I've actually gone out with a buyer and we've measured the house to make sure that it was the exact square footage that the agent, the listing agent said. And sometimes, you know, listing agents aren't as thorough as Sandy. Sometimes the listing agent will copy the information the last time that it was in the multiple listing service. So, you know, it's only good as the person that did the research. And so if you are copying that information, if a realtor is copying that information, they may be copying misinformation, information that's not correct. And so really important that you verify all that stuff, not to mention, and a lot of people think, well, it's only the house that I need to be concerned with. Well, what about the neighborhood? What -hmm. about the school district? And some people move into a particular neighborhood because they want to be a, you know, the neighborhood may be across from an elementary school. They think, oh, good. I, I bought this house and my kid can go to that school. Well, if that school is completely full, if they don't have any more room, guess what? They're going to ship your kid, even though you're across the street, they're going to ship your kid to another school system. Right. That's right. And you have to, so you have to know these things. You're, you're the buyer. You're the buyer. This is your house and you're spending, this is probably the most money that you're going to spend on anything ever in your life. You know, you want to make sure down to the detail that everything is exactly as you want it to be, period. Absolutely. So I'm just going to basically cover these last two paragraphs and saying that uh, it basically says that listing firm and selling firm cannot give legal advice. So Landy, not Landy, Sandy, (laughs) Sandy and I are not attorneys and I've been in the business for 27 years and I'm a principal broker. And I like to think that I'm very well versed in our contracts and in real estate, but I'm not an attorney. And if you question something legally. In fact, I cannot give you legal advice. And I say that many times to a buyer. They say, well, what are my rights if the seller is lying to me? I'm like, well, I can't really answer that question. If they're not telling you the truth and you want to take them to court or whatever, you need to talk to your attorney, your lawyer. I am not an attorney. And so we're not attorneys. We can't give legal advice. And also item number B on 29 says that the buyer agrees by signing this contract, they're agreeing to sign page four of the inspection, repair, and survey addendum. Now, I'm not going to go into that too much other than to say that the uh, the inspection, repair, and survey addendum is when you get a home inspection, you're going to you're going to present that to the seller and say, we want you to take care of the leaky faucet. We want to take care of the hole in the roof, or we want to take care of these repair items. And the seller agrees to that. Page four, which is the final page of the inspection, repair, and survey denim, says that you have walked through the property and all the repair requests that you have requested have been completed and you are now ready to close. But it is a statement that you are saying, I uh, agree with the the condition of this property and I'm ready to buy it. And so if you buy the house and then you go back through and something's not like you want, that's kind of a too bad, so sad because you signed page four and it says here you're agreeing to sign page four or terminate the deal. So it's really important 
that you research that property as much as you can. That's called the buyer's disclaimer of reliance. That's what it's called on the contract. And so it's really important. Like I said, it's all bolded and all caps. And so please, 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 if you are buying a piece of property, research it as, as much as you possibly can. So let's move to the, the next item that I want to cover, which is item number 30 on the real estate contract. And I refer to this uh, warmly as the big blank because there's not a bigger blank uh, on the real estate contract. There's the, you've got, I don't know, five or six lines here and it's blank. And Sandy, what is that for? What is the blank for? 30 covers anything that your buyer wants that has not been covered in any other paragraph. Some people would think that having the home clean, like when the when the seller moves out, they're gonna it's gonna be so clean and so nice. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it is not. So under 30, if that's important to them, if it's gonna be a quick turnaround and they don't have time to hire someone first, I would put it in there, you know, home to be professionally cleaned uh, prior to closing. Um, you can also put in do they want the yard mowed before they moved in? Is it going to be three weeks before they move in and they don't want people to know the home is vacant? Go mow the yard. You can put in that in number 30. Any personal property that has been discussed that they would like to stay um, with the home needs to be put in. Uh, you can't rely on a verbal from a seller or anyone for that matter, it needs to be in writing. And and earlier we covered that everything that is uh, in agreement between a buyer and seller is on this contract, is contained in these 15 pages. So. Absolutely. So really, if there's something that you want, talk to your realtor and say, I really want that flat screen TV that's on the wall. Isn't it attached? Well, let's not argue about whether it's attached or not attached. Let's just put it in the contract that the TV is going to stay with, with the house. Right. And let's worry about whether the lender is, if there's a, a loan involved, sometimes the lender doesn't like to see personal items on the contract, but that's okay. We can always remove that later, do a bill of sale or whatever we want to do. But this contract is an agreement, a legally binding agreement between the buyer and the seller. And so if you want something, make sure you put it in. And I will tell you, I wrote a real estate contract recently on a new construction house. We close on it this Thursday. I'm really excited about, about that for my buyers, but we wrote in the contract, brand new house, new construction that the house to be professionally cleaned. Because guess what? A lot of contractors come in and it's dusty and dirty. The countertops are dirty. And there's and there's a lot of times there's paint and work that's done and it's just messy. And so uh, we wrote in there the house to be professionally cleaned and it was clean today. We're going to do our final walkthrough this afternoon. So, um, But sometimes I've actually had some where there was a jungle gym in the backyard and my people didn't have kids. Or maybe the jungle gym was an eyesore, and they've asked that we asked the seller to remove the jungle gym or the the right. or the big tractor tire that's laying there. Sometimes when you're buying rural property, we you know recently made a purchase and and there was a there were some things on the property that we didn't want to stay in that was written in the contract. These things need to be removed prior to closing, and they were. So anything that your buyer wants done that they feel has not been covered or you feel has not been covered in any of the other paragraphs. That's what number 30 is for. Absolutely. So I, you know, like I said, and you don't want to repeat uh, the Arkansas Realtor Association's legal counsel 
says, please don't repeat anything that's already in there. You don't need to write in there to say that this real estate contract is contingent upon a satisfactory home inspection because that's on item number 16. It says that the the buyer has to be satisfied with the home inspection. So you don't want to repeat something that's already there, but if it's something that you want the seller to do or there's something you want added to the contract, this is the place you would do it. We call it the big blank. It's an item number 30. So I'm going to move down again. There's a few other things there, but I'm not going to go over those. I want to go over item 36. And the reason why I am 36 is the expiration period. That is when this offer expires. So you make an offer and sometimes buyers want to hurry the sellers along. And I've seen uh, contracts come in and say, this offer expires within five hours and you'll have a you know time period. Well, the seller sometimes can get offended about that, or sometimes they just don't have time to do it. If, if you go beyond that time period, the contract is not valid. Even if the seller signs it, they can't be held to that unless you change that. So be careful about that expiration time period. It has to, the, the seller has to sign within that time frame in, in order for it to be an executed contract that's, that's valid. So make sure that you give the seller enough time. And if you don't, make sure that you deal with that legally just in case there's a conflict. Make sure that you either uh, cross through and initial where it's been crossed through, that you've changed the time to 10 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock or whatever it is. Make sure that, you've, that you're following within, that the, the contract has been signed within that expiration time period. And I would say, too, keep in mind, I, in my opinion, I always tell buyers this, it's courteous to give them 24 hours. Let them sleep on it. Sometimes you right. talk about stuff and then the next morning you feel differently than you did the night before. And so I always say give them, I mean, you know, and if you're in a multiple offer situation, put forth your highest and best, but you trying to hurry the seller up probably isn't going to be received real well. Well, and have so you ever seen a seller go, oh my gosh, great. They gave us two hours to respond. Like, no. <laughs> no, they don't. Never. And so just keep that in mind if, you're, if your agent's saying, hey, let's only give them three hours. Well, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a response back in three hours. In fact, they may just reject your offer because they have other offers on the table that have given them more time to think about it. So I always try right. to be respectful when I do that. So, and the same thing, if you, if you are a seller and you are countering an offer, give them a little bit of time. Don't, don't expect them to respond back in an hour or two. Try to give them a little time. Keep in mind, if they haven't responded, if the other party has not responded, you can withdraw your offer or your counter offer and say, sorry, you didn't respond in this amount of time and I've changed my mind. So I'm withdrawing the offer. So as long as they haven't right. signed it and haven't agreed to it, uh, you can withdraw that offer. So anyway, Hey, we're about running out of time. Sandy, did you have anything else that you wanted to go over before we uh, shut it down? No, I don't think so. I think we did it. All right. So, hey, thanks for listening. And if you are listening today and you think that you're ready to buy or sell your home, we have 25 experienced agents ready to help you with your next real estate transaction. You can always reach out to us at info at hutchrealty.com. You can go to our website where you can view every active listing. We went over all the active listings and the price per square foot. Those are all on our website. You can go view those and schedule a showing if you want to. If you're a seller, you can actually get a free automated home evaluation. We, of course, recommend that agents come out to your house and see it and give you a more detail, but it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. So 
So you can do that on our website as well. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. And we will be doing uh, another podcast next week. But Sandy is going on vacation. And so she won't be with us. Hopefully I can find someone else to join me. But thanks again for listening. Give us a positive review if you like it. And join us again next week. Have a blessed day.